The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. This is News Talk. Good morning, Happy New Year and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. On the show this morning, we meet the queens of clean and decluttering who are on hand to help us reorganise our home for 2022. If selling your home this year is on the cards, then we're spending the day in the life of a house staging expert. From designer pen holders to chandeliers, we look at creative things to do with your Christmas tree. We meet the artist behind the mindful mug who explains the inspiration behind her unique ceramics. And Roisin Murphy looks at design trends for 2022 that you can't live without. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at The Home Show for 30 cent at 53106. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com or tweet me at Sinead underscore Ryan. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and all our podcasts on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Now, folks, you're very welcome along on this first festive day of 2022. Happy New Year to you. I hope all your New Year's resolutions are going well. Have you sat down and talked about them yet and thought about what you're going to do to get fitter to lose weight? Do you know what? Forget all that. How about we make resolutions about contact, about family, about how we're going to meet people and some of the treats that we have lined up for this year. It's now unbelievably nearly three years since uh, 2019 where COVID-19 was was named after and you know what we're sick of it we're sick and tired of it and yet we still have to live with it so I want some good news inspiration fun resolutions and things that we are going to do this year that is going to make our life happier and better let me know what they are I could do with some inspo this year 53106 the home show at newstalk.com at Sinead underscore Ryan you're very welcome along on this festive 1st of January Now, as you know, we're kicking off 2022 with some new beginnings and a refresh from last year. It's the opportunity to make changes in our life and also in our home. So what are the practical things we can do at home to give us that headspace and physical space to help make 2022 the best year possible? Well, two women who need little introduction, as we know and love them here on The Home Show, Mary Shannon and Frances Murphy of MNF Decluttering and Home Staging. Good morning and happy new New year to the pair of you. Good Happy morning. New Year, Sinead. Good morning. Um, How are you? Happy New Year. Well, I'm very good. Thank you very much. And uh, mm. Frances, let me start off with you because you're the holistic therapist. So I'm get, going to get you to put that up because I think we all need a little bit of headspace before we can get to the decluttering and the physical space. And take, I suppose, a philosophical approach to how we're going to look at our homes this year, clearing away the detritus of Christmas, planning for what's to come. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of see the importance of, of a mindset change. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, total and utter. Um, you know, everybody's been through so much over the last while or so. Um, and I think really looking into the new year is trying to bring more light and more lightness you know, into our lives in general. Um, you know, obviously, you know, working in the home and sorting stuff out in the home and clearing is very, very important. Um, especially now after Christmas and everything, trying to, you know, you got a fresh start and we're heading into spring and everything like that. And um, But on the other side, Sinead, I really feel people need to get out more. They need to walk. They need to get out in the sunlight, you know, go to the coast, um, go into woods, and 
really just allow themselves to be in nature because this really, really helps to recalibrate our whole bodies, our minds. And, you know, we drop into our hearts and we're more centered in actual fact. Mm. Um, moving mm. forward then and then when you come back into the house it's kind of like okay it's like a fresh start as opposed mm. to thinking I have to do this I have to do that I have to do the other yeah. thing mm. uh, you know and you're getting yourself mm. stuck into the mind and we need to get out of our minds and literally come down into our hearts and that's where we're, our balance is and that's where the centre is and you know when we're in our hearts we're feeling you know comfort and loving for ourselves um, and this actually really changes your sort of whole outlook and and you don't have to do anything you don't have to think anything you, you know keep the mind out of it completely mm. just allow yourself to go for a walk look at a tree look at the hedges look at the flowers mm. you know and it brings you back into centre so that really helps Mary let me come to mm. you now because people will be taking maybe down the Christmas tree over the next few days the decorations you have some great tips about how to do that because you look every single year people will have gone through that thing of the, crushing the lights into the box and firing everything into the attic yeah. so give us some practical ways to, to manage that process well I suppose really the easiest way to do it is that you the decorations up now they're all up and you still have bits and bobs left in boxes thrown probably in a bedroom or up in the attic or somewhere the easiest thing to do with those is just get rid of them mm. that's the first thing they weren't used. They're not going to be used. Get rid of them. After that, um, then what I actually started doing myself a number of years back was, you know, these plastic boxes that you get these sweets in over Christmas, yeah. all different types of sweets. I actually started keeping those. And for the little small, what I call the more delicate um, little ornaments that I have on the tree, um, little glass baubles now and little crystal things and that, like that that I just want to keep that I don't want destroyed. Um, I actually put them into those. Okay. A little bit of tissue paper at the bottom, put them in and just cover them and it keeps them safe. And the lights, oh, the lights, oh, the lights. <laughs> They're the vein of everybody's life. When I'm putting up the lights, I start at the top and I work down. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm taking off the lights, um, again, I start at the top and I work down. I tend to wrap them around something. Now, you can do it two ways. You can get a bit of cardboard, even if it was a cardboard box that they came in, and take some of that off, fold it in half, make it stiff, and then you wind the lights around it as you're going down, down, down. Okay. Right? Right. That makes it a lot easier for next year when you want to try the lights before you start putting them on the tree again. Uh, you you see. can just take the plug, plug it in, they light on the cardboard, either they light or they don't. Francis, talk to me now about what many people will do when the tree's down and they've got rid of the needles and they've got rid of the wrapping paper. They mm. might be looking at the opportunity to do a big spring clean. Now, I know the kind oh, yeah. of the idea of that, which was terribly popular in years gone by. It was a huge kind of week in the year. Uh, not so much now, but actually, mm. you know, it, it is a great opportunity to do it because you're sick and tired of, of all the dust mm. and, and the bits and bobs. So talk it to is, me about yeah. how to best plan that. Well, what I would do is I would just just plan out two hours, right? Don't kind of think, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do the whole house. And just plan out, say, two hours, start downstairs. The tree and the decorations have gone up. Um, a good opportunity, pull the couches out, hoover behind them, 
any furniture that you can move without hurting your back or anything like that or if you have somebody to help you move the furniture out and hoover underneath them so you're really getting all the dust mm-hmm. out um, now some people do this before Christmas I mean I remember myself spending three weeks doing the run up to Christmas what? Yeah. that seems excessive now Francis because even for you to have big parties and things and you know I was a little bit manic then I'm a bit more relaxed now so if you start off and you say I'll give myself a window of two hours and you're able to do it get the husband to take the kids out for a walk or whatever you know be in the house by yourself or if the husband's doing it and get the wife to take the kids out for a walk (laughs) okay whoever's Mm -hmm. doing it good okay Um, now are you are you one of these kind of room by room people or is it like tackle the clothes first and the kitchen second or or what way is the best way well, there are different ways. Like at Christmas time, I think you're going to be doing your cleaning downstairs when mm. you start off, mm. when you're, you know, at this time of the year. Um, generally speaking, obviously the kitchen, once you have the kitchen clean, you kind of feel you can go ahead then. Now, it's different. If we're going into a house decluttering, we start upstairs and we work our way down. But that's a different um, okay. entity altogether. You know what I mean? So start so, in, the, um, in the room you're in. So say the living room. So all the, the stuff in that clear. And it is important now. And I usually now I'll be honest with you I usually take the easy approach I wouldn't be pulling out furniture and doing skirting boards and all that but but it's probably a good idea to to get that done at least once or twice a year. Well that's a good time to do it because Mm. you know once you're getting rid of dust and everything you're shifting the energy in the house you know what I mean and you're allowing space for new energy to come in um, when you're doing that so especially dust can really sort of hold dense energies and things as well so Mm. um, yeah pull out the couch you know get down behind everything newspapers into the recycling make sure and recycle as much as you can right we don't want anything going into landfill anymore for sure um, as much as possible because we have our composting bins now as well for our food so um, so you're hoovering wash the floors wash the floor, dust all your shelves and everything and then it'll feel brand new. Do you know, know I mean? think you're right. It's that lightness of being and, and yeah. I always find when the tree yeah. and the decorations come down, your room enorm- looks enormous once again. It looks much bigger. Maybe yeah. it's an opportunity yeah. to move some paintings around or whatever. Now, That's 2022... Nice. And bring in some flowers because sometimes exactly. it can feel very empty. Yeah. So go yeah. out and buy a nice bunch of flowers for yourself and As put those in a vase. Yeah. Lovely. Now, of course, it is a year, a new year and new beginnings, but you didn't wait for 2022. You've had a new beginning, uh, Mary, in your own business, uh, because when I went uh, online just to check out your stuff, which is always great, I saw decluttering and home staging. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. Yes, the home staging it evolved, actually. It evolved from the decluttering um, because a lot of people were selling their homes, but before that they wanted just to declutter and get rid of, of stuff out of the house so they brought us in. But the difference being is that when you declutter for a house that people are going to live in after that, it's different to when they're selling. So when we're when they're selling a house, we do a different declutter for them. Mm. Right? And that's how that evolved. Um, so whereas now um, we've been quite busy doing with the house staging um, and it's, it's just so helpful to people to have the house in a state where people can walk in, they can look around, they can imagine themselves living in the house. If you've got a lot of clutter around and you've got a lot of personal items and a lot of personal pictures and they're all around the place, 
no one coming in can imagine themselves in that house. Indeed. No one. Indeed. Well, look, it's a great uh, addition to your business and I wish you the it very is. best with it. We may have you on again. I'm sure we will to talk about that and maybe how people can do home staging if they are selling. Yeah. But yeah, Happy no New bother. Year, Mary Shannon and Francis Murphy. And, and I wish you all the best for 2022. Yeah, and wishing you Thank as well you. all the best ah. for 2022. Yeah, MNF decluttering exactly. and home staging experts from Cork. Thank you very much for joining us on The Home Show. Thanks, Sinead. Continuing with our New Beginnings theme on this year's New Year's Day Home Show Special, one of the things that many people will do this year is to look for a new home. And of course, one of the things you'll need to do first is possibly sell your own home. In that case, you'll need the help of my next guest who will make your home as attractive to as many buyers as possible. Sarah Evers, founder of stagingyourhomeforsale.ie. Happy New Year. Welcome along to the Home Show. Good morning, Sinead. Thanks for having me. Now, what is, I I think I've described it somewhat there, but tell me the difference between a home stager and an interior designer. Okay. So an interior designer works to a specific brief for a client, whereas a home stager is more a generic. So we're after mass market appeal when we dress a home and style a home as opposed to a specific brief. So a client could have a very individual idea as to how they would like their house styled. And sometimes that doesn't cater for all tastes. Mm. So we have to have... That's very diplomatic of you. (laughs) We have to have a more generic approach. Now, a number of interior designers also stage homes before I get into Mm. trouble. But but there is, that would essentially be the difference between us. So your job part partially then is to say to the person selling the home, look, you've gone now out of here. You're, you're yeah. mentally, you've left. Yeah. So, so you or don't you get an input. you need to mentally leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you don't really get the input into it because your job is to come in and say, I have to cater for all the couples, the families, the older people, the younger people who are all going to be tramping through this house and maximise the price for it. Yeah. The idea is that when I go in, that I do a constructive survey of the house. So it's not personal, it's business. No, absolutely. There's a general consensus, I think. There's a better awareness now that you need to depersonalise and you need to declutter because you need to allow a buyer to psychologically see themselves or to to plan on living there. So Mm. if there's your own family photographs, Mm. if there's loads of toys, that sort of thing, you're interfering with that ability. They feel as if they're intruding into your home. Whereas you're trying to help them look at it as their home. So there's like a psychological aspect. Huge, huge. Does it make a difference, Sarah, financially? Huge. Yeah. Now, on average, now my best so far this year, which obviously I'll be shouting from the rooftops about, was an additional 37.5% over asking. So that was fantastic. I'll be pulling that one out for years. But in general, it's about an extra 16% over asking. Now, what everyone is saying... How much of that can you put down to staging, though? Is that compared to maybe others on the street that are selling for a similar price? Yeah, yeah. There was one property actually in, in... town in Dublin city centre recently and next door was for sale at the same time. They were identical properties. But obviously I ha- I had staged uh, the one that sold, uh, you yeah. know, really well. So there was there was a very significant difference in how quickly it sold and the price tag. Now, it's not just about, of course, taking out your personal items and your nope. photographs and stripping yeah. it clean. It, it, you also have a furniture rental service. So uh, would this be helpful maybe for people who have vacant or or, um, properties that are executor sales, that kind of thing? Absolutely. So a lot of the properties that I do stage 
Um, well, they vary. They can be brand new homes that are just empty because obviously you should never show a home empty. That's the golden oh, rule. Really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You people, should never show a home think empty. This vast space. Yeah. You know, they think but, blank canvas, which is wrong. Okay. Yeah. Smaller homes, or sorry, empty homes look smaller. So you need to put furniture in to demonstrate the space. And not every buyer has the imagination to work out how to use mm. the space. How did you get into the whole area of home staging? Um, I suppose a lifetime of compulsive homewares shopping, number one, um, combined with kind of a commercial background. But my career up until three and a half years ago was with Aer Lingus. So and my, my most recent job was uh, on the commercial team. So looking after all our partners on Aerlingus.com. Oh, I see. But it was just, I think I've, I've moved around a bit. I've um, lived in the States and in the Netherlands. And um, it's a big thing in the States, isn't it? It's huge. Staging. It's a given. It's a given. Now, if you have the time, the energy and the stuff, you can stage a home yourself. But in the States, nobody would dream of putting a house on the market without either staging it themselves or employing a professional. Now, so somebody um, who wants to do it, Sarah, themselves now, uh, yeah. thinking of selling their house and they've decluttered a little bit. What would be your top three tips for somebody to stage? Demonstrate the functionality of each room. Each room should obviously do what it says on the something. tin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if there's four bedrooms, show them as bedrooms. Light is really important. So make sure your lighting is all good. Make sure your windows are dressed appropriately. Anything that dark and obviously your colours. If you, you know, look at your colour palette. Um, so that's functionality, light, space, demonstrate space as as I mentioned earlier, just the positioning of your furniture. If you have too much furniture, maybe put some of it in a mates or something while you're selling, you know, just get it out of the way to show the space. The old Coco Chanel rule of just take one thing off before that's you leave right. the house. That's right, <laughs> okay. that's right. Fantastic tips there. Uh, now, Sarah, where can people find out more about you? OK, well, I have my website, which is stagingyourhomeforsale.ie. I'm on the House platform. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all the usual, all Pinterest, all the usual, usual. Spots. Sarah Evers, founder of stagingyourhomeforsale.ie. It's been lovely to chat to you now. Really interesting ideas. Thank you, Sinead. Now, all this morning, I'm asking you to let me know if you're making any New Year's resolutions, fun ones, nice ones, interesting ones. Have you made any and managed to stick to them already or are they just a waste of time and it's only just started? Well, look, let me know if you'd like to get in contact with the show today. You can text us at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us here at thehomeshow at newstalk.com to listen live or listen back. Of course, you can listen to all of our podcasts on the Newstalk app, which is powered by GoLoud. Now, it's the new year and we're continuing our new beginnings feature here on The Home Show. And the one thing that everybody will have is a Christmas tree that will be taken down at some stage this week. So it got us thinking there has to be some innovative things that you can do with the old tree besides sending it to the shredder. So we reached out to our good friends at the Rediscovery Centre in Dublin. And I'm happy to say that we're joined by Roger Warburton, the programme's director at the centre. Happy New Year, Roger. Happy New Year. Now, the tree, if it's anything like mine, it's looking a little bit sad. The needles have, you know, stick a hoover in them up off the floor and I'd be delighted to hike it across the road to my local recycling centre. But you have some more innovative ideas because I know you use a lot of recycled materials out in the Rediscovery Centre up in Ballymun and lots of different ways of working with wood. So talk to me a little bit about what the alternatives are to popping it in the shredder. So there's loads, loads you can do. There's loads of ideas online. I, I got thinking about this, you know, in advance of, uh, from my own house. 
but also what we do at the Rediscovery Centre. And actually Anton Savage on News Talk before Christmas uh, kind of inspired me where he was saying that for the last few years he's cut off a section of each tree mm. And somewhere point in the future, he's going to do something with those. Uh, he's, he's too much time in his hands now, Alanton. So, so give us an idea of the kind of things then that, that we could do. Because you have to be a little bit careful now cutting up trees, don't you? You're going to be very creative if you can work out a way to use up all your tree. Um, but there's loads of little things you can do. You can cut off a section of the bottom of the trunk, drill holes in it. And that could be used as a pen or pencil holder. Oh, cool. You could take the more interesting uh, and kind of stronger branches fr- from the tree and, and put that on a piece of wood mm. as a sort of coat hanger. So you attach them sticking upwards and that could be used to hold in cats or coats. Oh, I see. How clever. Other things you can do is kind of cut slivers of the trunk. Yeah. Uh, and those slivers could be used for, depending on the size of the tree, like a, a coaster for a drinks coaster. Okay. And the lovely side yeah. feature yeah. of the grain. You can make smaller slivers where you, you might kind of do patterns. The key thing to remember, I think, for most of this is rustic is the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> homemade. Scandi, that's uh, homemade to be, you uh, uh, So that's a, a big uh, element to it. Is it possible to take, if you had, you know, a particularly large branch and maybe make something that you could use for uh, table decorations like tablescaping or even to kind of hang hang lights from? I've seen yeah, that done. Yeah. I would refer to it as a chandelier, but chandelier without, you know, not Ooh, necessarily without a, a light feature <laughs> why on it. Not? Um, yeah. A friend of mine did that for his wedding yeah. years ago, a big, uh, and him and his wife to be um, kind of did the sort of kind of hanging sculpture with branches, and obviously you could do that post Christmas. Now, one of the outdoor things that um, I know are very, very popular, uh, and a lot of kind of garden centres and that sell them, are the, are the kind of the bug hotels. Yeah. Uh, so how would you repurpose your Christmas tree for, for a little home for animals? Animals aren't necessarily fussy about how their home looks. You can make a bug, hole, a bug hotel that is very cool looking, very trendy looking, can look like a like a house with a with a peaked roof and everything like that. So that's obviously something you can do. And the small little pine cones are one form of habitat. So if you gather them into one section, drilling holes into the trunks provides little holes for animals to kind of nest in. And you can do nice little patterns. But at the same time, if you have the suitable garden, you can cut the items of the tree up and drill those little holes and just leave them in a pile in a sort of more wild or kind of biodiversity area of your garden. So it depends how you want it to look. While we're outdoors, Roger... People have mixed views about the whole thing of wind chimes and noises in their garden and things clacking off each other. How would you repurpose uh, your Christmas tree for something like that? It's the different types of wind chimes you can have. You could have the horizontal bar that where things hang down from mm-hmm. being the Christmas tree. And then you could put metal items that if you want to make noise and yeah. annoy your neighbours. <laughs> yeah. Or you could have bits of, of the other twigs and branches from the tree hanging down and there, so that they make a little bit of a noise, not as much of a... Of a clatter. Yeah. And flower pots? Yeah. So sometimes, or many cases, the the flowers in the pot are, are cheaper than the actual fancy clay pots or mm. ceramic mm. pots. So sometimes, and, and obviously the plastic pots sometimes, which are very cheap, don't look that nice. But if you were to get a, a whole pile of twigs around and kind of wrap them around the outside of the pot, so hiding the plastic pot, oh, you'd have a lovely right. rustic rustic pot. Okay. And you just kind of glue them around and then tie glue them Glue them or tie them with, yeah. a, with a bit of twine or something like that. Yeah, that's a lovely idea. Okay, tell me a little bit about what you have planned for this year out in the Rediscovery Centre, Roger. So yeah, 2022, brand new year, very exciting. I suppose the big things that I have on my mind, certainly at the start of the year, is we have a massive expansion of our bike recycling programme. So we have lots of new staff. It's a community services programme. So that's going to bring 
new staff, new training for bike mechanics, but also lots of really great quality mm. reconditioned bicycles to get people more out on the bike cycling sustainably. Fantastic. We have loads of workshops on reuse and upcycling and repair and craft. And if you check out our website, you'll find out all the information about that. We would have a schools program, primary, secondary. We'd work with universities and then the public. We call it lifelong learning, but also we like to wear it when possible. The parent and child workshops are really great as well. Oh, fantastic. And that could be, you know. Now, where can people find out more about any and all of those things? So our website, rediscoverycentre.ie, and we're on most of the main social media yeah. platforms. All right. Well, listen, Happy New Year, Roger Warburton from the Rediscovery Centre in Dublin. And listen, I wish you all the best for 2022. Thanks and Happy New Year. Now, you know that we love to showcase the best of Irish design here on The Home Show. Well, last year I came across some stunning ceramics and one particular item grabbed my attention. It's called the Mindful Mug and it comes from ceramic artist Cora Cummins. So I wanted to revisit Cora's amazing story behind the inspiration for this uniquely Irish product. And I started by asking her what exactly are mindful ceramics? Okay, so yeah, for me, um, I suppose I view the way that I work um, like almost like an active form of meditation. Um, Mm. And for for me, who is somebody who's very busy brained and has very active mind, um, I find it very difficult to to just sit and to be still and to be with my thoughts. And, you know, I find that... doing doing meditation and doing mindfulness very difficult so when I'm using clay it's so grounding it's such um it's such a slow process you're you're very present the the material really leads the way so you need to uh you need to follow it you need to work very slowly and you need to have like hands-on connection all the time with it now the mindful mug let me try and describe it to listeners who haven't actually seen it and i'll pop up a picture on my social media after the um after the show on, Sh- on Sinead underscore ryan on twitter um this it, it's not a mug in the conventional sense, so it's not round. It's kind of like curved, warped, a wrap yeah. around. It, it kind of fits snugly into your hand without a handle. Is, is that That's not a great description, but it is beautifully painted on glazed on the inside and the outside. Yeah. What is the reason for that, for that hand painting on the inside and the shape of it, Cora? Um, well, the, the whole idea really is based on the idea of the Japanese uh, tea bowl and the Japanese tea ceremony. So um, in the Eastern world, they, they are able to sit and sit for hours and consider what they're doing during the, the tea ceremony. So I was looking at a way of trying to bring that like into our rushed world and um, using something that you use every day. So, you know, you taking the mug where you can use it as a kind of a tactile stimulus. So... Um, you know, without anyone having to practice mindfulness by just using the mug, you're doing it without even knowing because the pinched surface, you need to take a you need to take a moment to find where your hand fits the surface of the mug and you need to take a moment to find where your, your mouth fits the surface of the rim because it's um it's curved, you know. So my my idea of thinking is that in that in that second awareness um, you know, that's where you're, you're being mindful and you're kind of consciously choosing to be. Now, I know that there was another inspiration for the creation of the Mindful Mug. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and with all my ceramics, really, yeah. Um, ten years ago, uh, we lost our little boy Fionn, um, when he was only two weeks old. So, um, you know, after that time, it was, you know, as you can imagine, a really difficult time. So, um, it, it was a time where I just felt really difficult to to be with my thoughts and to, you know, to to sit with my myself really. Um, so. Thankfully, you know, I was able to to find to go back to this outlet that I already had, but I didn't kind of realize how important it was going to be. I, I took workshops with um, a parent support group uh, called A Little Lifetime. And in those workshops, they used creativity, um, you know, as a way of bringing parents together. And it was just a really safe space for people to talk and to cry and to and to not have to talk as well you know um so i think uh, you know following those workshops um and then i was lucky enough to be able to facilitate workshops with them where we made little um grave decorations but after that you know i, I felt like i really needed to throw myself into my work and to use that you know as a way of of healing and and working through grief I'm sorry to hear about that tragedy with Fionn because it's just um, incomprehensible um, for any parent to go through that. Did you find that the creativity required, the concentration required, was was maybe a way to channel that grief that you were carrying and create something positive out of it? Or is that is that just being too glib? No, it's not. Like, I know it, it. the whole thing sounds a little glib and it didn't just happen overnight. And, you know, it took a long, long time um, to to kind of sit with that. And, um, you know, there were times where, like, when you have a creative mind, you know, it it's fantastic. It's a great way of escaping. But um, when you are trying to kind of channel it into a body of work, it can feel really frustrating because when you can't sit still with yourself, like a really important part of the process of for an artist is to be able to um to to sit with your ideas and to kind of um you know use your own inspiration so it did take a long time but thankfully you know I did work through it after a few years and I think when I kind of stopped thinking about what you know who I was making for and like that I wasn't making for other people and I wasn't worried about what other people were Going, you know, if they were going to like it or not. And I was just really true to myself. That's when everything really changed. Yeah, that's the response of a true artist, I think. Now, there has been a fantastic reaction to the Mindful Mug. Did it surprise you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't really ready for it. Um, I, I just put it up on my social media page before Christmas and yeah, I got a huge, you know, fantastic response, and I was I was so delighted. I, I work very small scale. I don't take a lot of orders. I just do a few a month because it's more about about what I get from it as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to keep it very like that. I can still put time into every piece that I make, and you know, um, yeah. So it was a a huge response and a, a big surprise. <laughs> okay, well, look, you've two exhibitions coming up in August later on in the year where can people go if they want to find out a little bit more about you and your work Cora? All my work is on my Instagram page Cora Cummins Ceramics and my Facebook page 
Corcom and Ceramics and um, the two exhibitions that are coming up, uh, one of them is going to be in August in the Taoiseach Royal and that's a collaboration with the Taoiseach Royal and GOMA in Waterford. And the second one then is the Made in Ireland exhibition, which is run by the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland. And that's going to be in um, November. And that's um, it was a call out for all different Irish um, crafts, you know, so it'd be a collaboration of, of uh, all different crafts. Cora Cummins, ceramic artist, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome back to the home show here on News Talk and a happy new year to all our listeners joining us on the 1st of January and happy new year to our spring clean herself, <laughs> Roisin Murphy, who is in on our first show of the year for 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Sinead. It's nice to into it 2022. It is lovely to see you again, even though it was only last week when mm. I saw you. But everything seems new and shiny and bright today. Uh, and let us hope we fingers crossed for a better new year. Now, the first thing I think is worth doing is having a little bit of a look back at some of the interiors and the trends. Goodness knows we covered enough of them in the year. So I'm going to ask you yes. to name your favourite ones, the best ones, and then the ones maybe that won't make it uh, to this year? I know straight off the bat the one that won't make it to next year, and that is the colour of the year last year from the Pantone was the yellow and grey. Side by side, looked like a a road traffic sign and the COVID (laughs) sign. I just don't think it got people's imaginations. COVID yellow. I think, do you know, it was more like it was overkill because you couldn't miss it for the whole year the whole last two years because Uh, it was on every sign it was on the floor when you were queuing it was in offices when you were trying to get into the canteen that yellow that yellow very very the yellow the warm earthy tones which were there I think they're going to last come in through the next year and also I have to say I'm not really sure about it but the outdoor entertainment the, uh, the garden as the new living room I have to say that trend I think is still on the move Okay, well, let's start with the colours then. Yeah. So the COVID yellow is out. COVID yellow are out. The sooner we see the back of it, the better. Yeah. Uh, what colours are in? So when you say warm colours, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about what you would normally associate with something actually in the late 80s. There's like a, a, a kind of a prune colour is very trendy. Pink is still there. Brown is the big new kind of it's taking over from the navy black really? is brown is back yeah what yeah. brown no, okay so we've everything flat from brown. tan to mahogany no we're talking about flat old scorched earth is back with a bang or back with a brush it is back on trend right yeah and uh, where on walls walls uh, doors architraves not as we would have traditionally seen it in Ireland where it's painted along the plinth of a bungalow but it's actually on I would say it's like that kind of flat uh, kind of what you would call Downton Abbey style where it's almost like taken in in it's a halfway between a gloss and a matte black it's a kind of a shiny brown and that is very much on the move these days Gosh you have to be careful with it though don't you? That's mm. not an easy one to slap up it's, it can be a bit I dark I think that black is kind of black has almost arced though you see mm. I think it's been it's kind of a bit ubiquitous so now they it's like we've had the navy grey black we've had the pitch black and now we're looking at brown blacks in warm tones okay. and earth tones again I have to say your favourite of um, wicker is still 
growing and growing, <laughs> oh, Sinead. Right. But the big thing is to get is on a vintage bit of bamboo furniture or wicker furniture or cane furniture. You're looking for people who are scouring out what we would call cafe style. And mm. I think it is that trend of the indoor-outdoor. So you'll have a cafe style um, Parisian uh, wicker chair that goes indoors and goes outdoors. So it's that thing of merging in between garden and home. So that kind of... Um Parisian look even yeah. you know is yeah. that what you're talking uh, about that's there? what we're talking about but we're talking but I have to say what we're really talking about at the end of is the uh, Corona Cabana it's gone I think I think it never well, thank I think it goodness never happened. for that there were a kind of a good few attempts at it I know we covered it um, in the summer last year and it was a kind of how would you kind of convert your shed into no, this kind of bar but it's, it's more <laughs> so the port I know the ones it. that the husband went off and he built the bar ah, to go sure, outside. It was a good old project. Get rid of them for Get a few rid weeks. Of for a <laughs> few weeks. A <laughs> no, I think they're over. I think they're going yeah. to be that thing. That's the thing that Uncle Timothy made for yeah. the back garden and he converted the fridge and a barrel and the Put whole the thing works. And, and then it's not the really, end. you're not sure whether it's going to go on fire or whatever. But I do think, um, and the kitchen outdoor though is still a growing trend. Mm. It's now, you're talking about being able to find outdoor kitchens uh, cookers on wheels even in Ikea and, and they're uh, widespread they are and yeah. even in some of the discount supermarkets they have like these outdoor pizza ovens you can pick up every so often yeah. uh, so that using an extra room outdoors yes. is going to stay on trend for absolutely this 100% okay. but I'm not sure the outdoor shower is really taken off in Ireland the outdoor <laughs> kitchen a definite right. the decorated awning again a move away slightly from that crisp uh, out of Africa look and we're talking about more uh, dual colours in the garden more coloured walls and more tiling on the front of your house do not be surprised if you see the neighbours out tiling the front of their houses tiles coloured Mediterranean style big big flower big bangs the wallpaper hasn't has moved along from the inside but we are taking that thing of pattern making and we're putting it out in the garden walls that's interesting to me I was lucky enough to get to Lisbon um, last year for a couple of days and of course they were the original tile uh, emporium of, of Europe really and the tile masters and they do it so beautifully on the front of a lot of their buildings and homes and it looks really pretty I don't know it, it, it's a kind of a sunny climbs no, no. thing. I love you, it. I think, do, you, okay. I, I think I love it because I think you can see it in what we would call as traditional. The way I'd say to people, cast your mind back to traditional butchers. Years ago, there were these, you'll even see it along Bagot Street. Oh, you, like the shiny brick tiles. Shiny then. brick oh, okay. tiles would have been part of that kind of, there's an, an Edwardian art, art nouveau, the stuff that you mm. like, Sinead. Mm. Well, that kind of thing of, uh, uh, it's called um, a efficience brick I think it's called I don't know how to pronounce it properly but that idea that you you use your shiny decorated brick on the inside outside again it's like where normally traditionally you would see that concept in Japanese gardens where you have outside mm. inside and screens we're talking about bringing that concept into the textures of walls so you'll have this idea of this glossy blue haven and you you know you're somewhere completely different all of a sudden in the back of your garden the concrete walls have got these beautiful brick style you can do them in blush pink you can do them in navy and you'll see them traditionally at them at, in, in in the cities at the moment in the front of barber shops you'll see them they they're like graft barbers people like that are all yeah. tiling the front of their shops in I these wonder, brick style slips I wonder is it something that your neighbours mightn't be overly thrilled with if you tile the front of your house on the street? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you'd have to get planning permission. I'd say the planning authority might be. They'd say, Rosie, I don't think Do so. Back planning for it, actually. Yes, you I, would need planning yeah, okay. for it. But you would need planning for it. But I suppose what you can do, what you'll see is say if you have a recessed porch, the idea would be to pattern the inside ah, walls of that. Okay, you okay. Remember, they sometimes come so with fleur de lis. Yeah, face. but okay. in a back garden, I'm just saying. I sorry, it's passion project this year. Is I am definitely tiling the back garden wall. I I I just I just think there's something about that thing that through those grey those grey winters or if you're not getting on a plane and going to Portugal the idea that you can have this Mediterranean moment permanent kind of splash of colour on the back yeah, but wall. But sure trees as well. Do you need the sa- do you, do you need special tiles for it? Can you use the same tiles as you'd have in a bathroom or a on a floor? Yes, or, you okay. can. I know that because years ago we often would tile a shop front. That was a very traditional thing. And I suppose it's gone out of fashion. It's funny the things that go in and out of fashion. Mm. But brick slip tiles are, you know, if you think about it, a brick tile is fired to enormous temperatures. So it's going to, mm. it's going to go back and forth. But it is that night. It reflects light as well, the reflective surface. It's a bit mysterious. The idea that a room may have sat down there and its walls are demolished. <laughs> So okay. I don't know. It's just so tiles, tiles the front, tiles the back, tiles in your porch. Tiles it's are a back, lovely back way. Bang. Maybe not all yeah. three. Okay. Any <laughs> other, <laughs> any other uh, trends that you can see now migrating to this year again? Uh, again, I would say that we're still seeing the chevron, which is that we would have seen that in ah, the, yes. the, the, yeah. the floor coverings in the wood. Again, that's still coming through. Uh, wallpaper, I think, is still there. Um, and it's probably going uh, coming out of the bathrooms and into the living rooms again. So we're seeing wallpaper still. But the one thing I'm not sure how it's going to last is the ceiling. This idea of painted ceilings. That was one that kind of caught on. But because mm. of Irish light, it's a very difficult one. But the painted ceiling. It can look a bit pretentious as well. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you're on the whole semi. show. You're, it's all about pretension. We're not sitting here to be. But I do think that the decorated ceiling has seen its day. I don't think it latched on. Okay. I think not. no pun intended. But I think the decorated ceiling was just or that painted ceiling we just don't have the weather for it unless it's going to be the luminous yellow which nobody wants but yeah. that thing of painting it ceiling and dropping down to the dado levels yeah it was it's like yeah. it is a popular trend in interiors yeah. you see it in magazines you see it all in magazines. the time it's very difficult to apply it without making a room feel like a bit short do you is know it? what I mean? Okay. Yeah, and it's all about expanding space as well at the moment. The dark colours as well are still strong, but that dark interior blue, we saw a midnight blue. Yeah. We're moved in, moving it away uh, and here. it's into, into greens. Green is going this year all the way through. I green is still... I just finished painting. What colour? <laughs> midnight blue in my bedroom. I'm looking at an alcove. Well, it's fine for okay. your bedroom. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> You're, trying to be You're okay. That's okay, Sinead. That's fine that you got right. last year's. No, There's I do love. I do think blue is always okay. the most popular. Because right. it is a neutral, isn't well, it? It is a neutral. Yeah, and navy okay. is a really good colour. Right. And the other thing about it is, is you're talking about a colour that is so classic. Like navy mm. and blues are the most popular colour always. Yeah. And you always have a great tip. And I, I've seen you doing it on Home Rescue yeah. as well, where you paint... Around the window, you know, oh, you yes. paint the frame because yeah. you say it draws your eye yeah. kind of out to what's outside. If you've got a nice garden yeah. or a or a patio area, or and I think you can paint as a way of to upcycle PVC. That is a big trend. Okay, like right back to trends. So that whole thing of the environmental sustainable design is where everything is going still mm. at the moment. Mm. Buying care and what I would the other big trend is broken down kitchens, where you're not having where you're still having your appliances are all separated out. 
So that thing of okay. sustainability, the built-in, I think, you know, the built-in uh, fridge has definitely yeah. had its moment. Well, you're the queen of the movable island, let's not forget. Yes, <laughs> you're I know. Like an I am just selling my own trends here, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> do this. But that thing of, say, uh, you know, what we would call those Miele, um fridges, mm, the, mm. you know, the Smeg fridge. and all that. Gone. Yeah. The okay. Smeg. You know that thing of the the boy yeah. the boy yeah. kitchen, I call it, where it's like a racer. You go in and it's a solid black and you pick things out. Yeah. That's gone. Okay. So what it is now is you're talking about um, a kitchen, independent units that are pulled out so that you can bring stuff with you. So that idea of sustainability. And one of the things, speaking of sustainability, of course, you'll remember that yep. we did last year in yeah. 2021, we went out to Max Salvage Yard and yes. we had the greatest fun. And it's still up on podcast, folks, if you want to listen back to it. Uh, we just had a great day out finding all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And Roisin was there to guide me through the other things like pulpits and... Uh, yes. Bench seatings and, and, and a little bit, little bit of vintage. War doors, bomb doors. And I think that it is that thing as well in the interior where people are looking for. You might have a very modern interior, but you pick an antique or something yeah. like that, which gives it texture, gives it longevity, mm-hmm. sees it through to, you know, that you, it's a piece that you pick from. You mm-hmm. hoard in a market, you you covet that. It's not just all bought out of a magazine or a shop or whatever. And like it that. gives you a good talking point when yeah. people visit. You're the only one who's going to have it because yeah. it's been salvaged from yeah. somewhere else and you're not just following the herd. Exactly. And you've never done that in your life, no, Unfortunately, <laughs> You are the herd. I wish I was in the herd now. You are the, follow- you are the leader and we are the follower. Now, uh, you have spent last year bringing us in an object of design most weeks and uh, hopefully you'll kick off 2022 by doing the same and you have a little bag I have, have this have thing especially for you uh, that came up today so this is a, this is a trend that I think we started in the home show right and I would okay. say and it has grown and grown and continued it was one of the most it popular items in on it pottery okay brook, brook yeah pottery but that's not what Dublin. it's about uh, do you is this about what I think yes it's about? it is I just want to say the oh, home show started this, this with beautiful. our little obsession what a is little it? obsession what with is the, the pigeon Yay! Well done, Sinead. You're a legend. <laughs> Woohoo! I got it. Yeah. Um, these are beautiful, uh, yeah. I'd say twin vases, uh, you know, in a kind of um, an uh, oatmeal colour, but they have the stripes, the yeah. red in that colour yeah. of uh, the pigeon house. Uh, stripes around the top and aren't they the pretty thing well Roisin I have to say we've had paintings we've had cushion covers we've had candles yes and now we have vases um, and they're beautiful I yes they are from Brookwood Pottery okay and it's a it's a she has this woman who's doing this has renovated an old post office in Marino and it's going to be a pottery shop and a design shop now the reason I bring it is because they're going to have a wheel and classes so I reckon we will be going to Marino to continue our road show. And well, we will, we will have a wheel off again. I tell you, the last one did not end well. Yep. <laughs> I think the people no. at Aaron Street East when we went out were delighted <laughs> to see the rest of us and, and the producer got drenched in water from she, the wheel. We'll, we'll just drag them on. It's going to be Saturday classes, but I just thought they were so pretty. They and I do know pretty. that when we started talking about the Pigeon House uh, three years ago, everybody was like, that was up for debate. And now it's no longer up for debate. Yeah, it, they're now iconic yeah. things. But I like, what I like about these ones, okay, is, you, you know the candles, they burn down. Yeah. 
Right, so then the pigeon house is gone and then you have to buy them again. It was yeah. a really good idea, yeah. Neil, Whereas if you're listening. this one you can yeah. use and you can yeah. use over and over again. And actually, wouldn't it be lovely to put in a poppy or a yeah. red carnation yeah. or something in it? And they can be beautiful empty yeah. as well, so I think yeah. they're really elegant. Gorgeous. Well, that is a yeah. lovely objective design to kick off the year yes. with and to kick off 2022 and uh, our love affair, ongoing love affair with um, the, pigeon with the chimneys yes. in Dublin. All yeah. right. Okay. Roisin, thank you so much for bringing that in. That, pop no a problem. photograph of it up on your your Insta, I will, yes, yeah, and um, happy new year, happy new year to you too. And we'll, we'll do uh, do it all again. You're the most popular segment <laughs> on our show every single week. People love having you in, and so do I. So, thank you very much, <laughs> yes, thank you. For, that's very nice of you. I don't know why I'm laughing because I have such a disgrace in the way you today. Thanks very much for your <laughs> They're all nodding, you're going, yeah, 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 yeah. You're here yeah. now, and listen, <laughs> it's lovely to see you as oh, ever. Thanks, all right. guys. Well, thank you for joining me here on The Home Show and keeping me company on the first day of January 2022. We hope you enjoyed the last hour. We'd love you to come back next week at the same time of 8am with more interesting interior ideas and solutions for your home. And remember, if you have an idea for the show, somebody you'd like us to interview on the show, well, you can text us here at 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and we'll take a look at all of those during the week. My thanks to the production team, producer Garrett Mulholland, Paul, Stephen McLoon on sound and thank you for tuning in. Anton Savage is up next. He'll be taking a trip down memory lane looking at some of his favourite interviews from 2021 including the unlikely coupling of Jenny Bond and Kean Egan along with rugby legend Paul O'Connell. See you all next week at 8am and Happy New Year.